Hello, welcome back to the Shaping Little Minds podcast. I am so excited to have you here. So towards the end of last week, I felt like I was getting sick. I was dealing with a tremendous amount of fatigue and truly couldn't bring myself to do much of anything. In the past, I would have pushed through it and ended up making it worse. But instead, I took two full days to rest, drink fluids, and give my body the nutrients it needs to fight whatever was coming. And guess what? It never became anything else. I was feeling so much better by Saturday. Of course, I was still taking it easy, but I finally had some energy to be productive if I wanted to be. The moral of the story is, don't push yourself through not feeling well. Instead, listen to your body and give it what it needs to fight whatever it is that you have. It's so much more worth it in the end. If you're anything like me, you love yourself a good old cup of coffee in the morning with potentially a second or third in the afternoon when that exhaustion hits. But in reality, coffee can only do so much, and if we're being honest, it doesn't always do the trick. Instead of reaching for that second or third cup to keep my energy levels up, I started to use Magic Mind, and I'm good to go for the rest of the day. I'm more productive and more focused, all due to one main ingredient in the Magic Mind shot, Rhodiola rosea. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's a nootropic and adaptogen that reduces fatigue and anxiety, increases your body's resistance to stress, improves physical and mental endurance, and enhances mental clarity. I actually shared this with a friend of mine who now wants to try it too. The Magic Mind team created a super special offer for me to share with you. You get up to 56% off your first subscription in the next 10 days or 20% off your one-time purchase with the code LITTLEMINDS20. You can get it at www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N Little Minds and redeem with the discount code LITTLEMINDS20. Hurry up, the 56% discount only lasts 10 days from our episode airing. You can find the link in the description below. Hey there, Adva here. I am so excited to welcome you to the Shaping Little Minds podcast, where we help support and mentor early childhood teachers inside the classroom. This is a place where we dive into classroom management, growth mindset, professional learning, and so much more. I'm an early childhood teacher who saw a huge gap in how early childhood educators were supported inside the classroom. I created this platform in order to help teachers feel more confident, supported, and develop a sense of trust in their teaching. Let's make teaching exciting again. I am super excited about today's podcast episode because I have Beck from Grow With Beck on the podcast talking all about early literacy. Grow With Beck is an education company that helps young learners develop literacy skills, early learning, and kindergarten readiness. So, I mean, it really, you know, literacy is something that unlocks worlds. So it can be applied in so many different ways within a classroom. The biggest one I think often most helpful to teachers is that it can be really functional. Literacy is a huge part of early childhood education that truly prepares students as they continue to grow and develop. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Shaping Little Minds podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thanks so much for having me on. My name is Beck Goodman. I own an early childhood education company called Grow With Beck, and we're based in Manhattan, New York. We specialize in kindergarten readiness, early learning, and early literacy. Amazing. So today's topic, we're going to focus on early literacy. So can you give us just a basic definition of what early literacy is? Ugh, I wish I could give a basic definition. It could look like <laughs> a ton of different things. Um, I think a, a student with strong early literacy skills is one who has developmentally appropriate phonological awareness skills has some alphabetic knowledge and is living in a text-rich world, um, who is eager to explore books. That can look like a lot of different things depending on how old the child is. So for some of our younger ones, like our twos and our threes, that might look like developing print awareness, being able to open books, orient them correctly, understanding you turn one page at a time. For some of our bigger kids on that spectrum, our fours and fives, it might look like being able to rhyme, being able to identify first letter sound, knowing their letter names and sounds and uppercase and lowercase. So it's really a broad spectrum, but I think the best readers are the ones who love to do it. I love that. And that's what we're here for as early childhood educators. So yeah. Um, so what does early literacy do, um, I guess for kids in the classroom, just because this podcast is more focused on teachers, um, what can, what can early literacy do in the classroom for teachers, for kids, both? Yeah, for, well, so, I mean, it really, you know, literacy is something that unlocks worlds. So it can be applied in so many different ways within a classroom. The biggest one I think often most helpful to teachers is that it can be really functional. Mm -hmm. uh, having a child be able to identify their name, which is a component of early literacy, of course, will mm -hmm. allow them to find their chair, find their hook in their cubby, get their water bottle. All of those things require a child to be able to find their name and place something appropriately next to their name under it or whatever. Yeah. Um, it also, you know, allows a child to access the world around them, both in and out of the classroom. So for um, teachers who are in an early childhood setting, like a preschool or a daycare, and they're doing a, um, you know, imagine a dramatic play center of a restaurant. Well, having a child be able to hold a menu and understand how to open it is a core part of the dramatic play center, but also clearly ties into developing their print awareness and then being able to identify different fonts and functions of words, which is so important for their development. I love that. Um, I, I guess you kind of touched on this, but um, what are some really big benefits to having uh, to knowing about early literacy, but also to incorporating it into the classroom? So I think, you know, as early childhood educators, one of the things that is, is really kind of central to our work is understanding that we are developing the foundation for that child's entire life, not just academic life, their social emotional life, their familial life, their professional life, everything. It all comes back to their early years. I mean, there's just boatloads of research about the importance of it. Um, but we also see it in our connection with students every day, how quickly they're learning and growing and requiring foundational skills to reach the next level of whatever they're doing. 
So when we think about early literacy, you know, we as educators should really be thinking about what are the foundational tools that our children need to have mastered in order to be able to access kindergarten level material, be able to find meeting in reading with mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, nanny, neighbor, whoever it is. Um, And so all of that is really building the foundation for the rest of their academic life. I mean, you cannot escape reading. So (laughs) it's one of the most important things you can do in the classroom paired with strong social, emotional and problem solving skills, in my opinion. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so what are some facts teachers should really know about literacy when they start to incorporate, you know, um, kids being able to identify their name or uh, reading books to the kids or having a library for kids to go in and, you know, read the books on their own and learn to flip pages one at a time, et cetera? Yeah, so I think one of the most powerful tools that we have as early childhood educators is the power of effective modeling. So that is something that you can easily incorporate kind of throughout your day when you're sitting at circle time and you're ready to read a book and you pick up the book and it's backwards and upside down. You go, today we're reading, wait a second, this is the back of the book. I need the cover. Help me find the cover. Where is the cover? We just taught the word cover found it, oriented the book, modeled it. And one thing we know is that those kids are going to copy what you do. Mm -hmm. So then when they go into their library center, they're going to say, oh, is this the cover? (laughs) Oh, I'm being so silly. And they're really applying that knowledge in a very functional way for them. Mm -hmm. But that all comes from modeling. And the other thing that I think is really important, particularly when you're working with threes, fours, and fives, and even twos, is that the most impactful early literacy work that you're going to do is one, building the love and wonder of reading to make sure that they themselves are motivated to do it. But two is to do the reading work that a child can do with their eyes closed. And those are all of our phonological awareness skills. You do not need to be able to read to be able to tell me um, if these two words rhyme. You can hear that. You don't need to be able to read or look at anything to tell me the first sound in a word. But being able to do all of those closed eyes reading skills, those phonological awareness skills, is what's going to allow that child to be an effective reader when they start having print in front of them. Mm, I love that. Um, And I mean, you kind of you touched on implementing um, modeling and, you know, really showing the kids where the cover is and how you read the book and, and getting them involved in that process. Is there anything else that um, teachers can incorporate into their classrooms to start this, um, you know, whether it's this modeling factor or other things that they might be able to incorporate to be able to kind of bring literacy even more into their classroom? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much. And it, and it, it is can be really fun and so light and so joyful because all of it is basically based on the premise of giving a direction and seeing how it goes. So for example, if one of the things that would be developmentally appropriate for your students, so we're talking upper threes, younger fours, something like identifying the first letter sound. When you're asking everyone to go sit on the carpet, you can say, all right, everyone go sit on the carpet. What you just did was you modeled isolating a first letter sound, repeating it. You modeled finding the onset and the rhyme to the word. 
It did not take explicit instructions, did not take an elaborate setup. I would recommend you do that often when you're giving directions. Everyone get their water bottles, put on your shoes. That's enough because they will then begin to hear it, which is what phonological awareness really is, is being able to manipulate sounds within words. So they're going to be able to hear it and they're going to be able to model it. Similarly, you let's say you left your phone somewhere and you want your kid to come bring you your phone in the classroom. I'm sure a plight that happens to teachers all day long. Instead of saying, oh, can you hand me my phone? You could say, hey, could you hand me my blown? Wait, not a blown, a phone. And you know what that is? That is phonemic substitution, which is a really high level skill. But you're able to incorporate it just kind of within the day to perk their ears up, let them lean in to engage with that kind of content. And that is so skill building and rich. I love that. And it's all fun. Like it's fun for the kids. It's not boring. It's not just sitting at a table. It's really just incorporating it into your day to day and making it fun for them, which is, I think, super important in early childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. If if they're not engaged, they're not doing it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So are there any resources that teachers can turn to when it comes to literacy and comes to, um, you know, incorporating early literacy into their classrooms, making it fun for those kids so that they really start to love it rather than feeling like it's a boring part of their day? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, on my Instagram and I also have a Teachers Pay Teachers store, I share resources that I think fit this nicely. Also, I think a lot of the work can be done if we take a second to just Google what are the components of phonological awareness. Once you see what that umbrella term incorporates, which are things like rhyming, first letter sounds, counting the words within sentences, clapping out syllables. Once you understand what the skills are, I think because the, you know, this Early childhood educators are naturally very creative and really good at thinking on their feet. It wants you to lean in to kind of listen to what it is that the skill is. I think most people are going to be able to incorporate that easily every day within their classroom in no prep ways, just when you're speaking with your child or your student, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to do the same stuff, like in my classroom, even with twos and threes, I had, I had kids who, uh, who were able to identify every single child's name in the classroom. It was amazing, like amazing to see. Cause you know, we have that every day we have our morning meeting and we would have their names and literally within a few months, some of the kids would just be able to say like, that's this person. And I'd be like, I'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. And they become so curious, like, huh, Charlie, that's weird. I thought C said like cat. And then you can have an entire conversation about why C and H come together to make a sound. And one thing that I, I really love for people to do is that I see a lot of grownups when discussing words with young children just saying, oh, well, that one's an exception to the rule. That's an irregular one. Or I don't know, that one's being silly. And I think that's because that's something that we've heard a lot growing up. But there's really only 31 rules in English. Almost every word 
fits into those rules. If they don't fit into those rules, there's a reason why. And so one of the things that I really encourage us to do as educators is that when we don't know is to model being inquisitive and finding an answer. Fortunately, we all have computers on us at any given second. So if you don't know off the top of your head why Charlie begins with a C and it doesn't say Carly or something like that, Google it. Google it and just be able to provide the answer. Oh, it's because CH say ch. And there you go. That's all it, you know, that's really what it takes. Um, I love that. It's not a small fee, but it's a really impactful one. Yeah, I love that. Also, I feel like education as a whole, just in general, has changed. So when, you know, when we were said, when we were told it's an exception to the rule, maybe our teachers didn't know better. But now we can do better as early childhood educators. And, you know, if they ask, C makes the K sound. So why is Charlie making the CH sound? You can just explain it. Right. Um, And I love that. I think that's a great way for the kids to learn. And also it helps in the future when they are reading books, they can identify those um, those rules, if you want to call it that. Yeah, no, definitely. They're all, they're all phonics rules. So that will become so helpful. And you'll watch those there, you know, their light bulbs pop up because then you'll have that conversation about Charlie and you'll go, everyone go sit in their chair. And would you believe it? It's the same sound. And if you have chair printed somewhere in your classroom, I bet it has a C and H in it. Just Mm -hmm. like Charlie. That is so wacky. Huh? That's yeah, how I make it fun, <laughs> make it fun, make it silly. Just an observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so last question is uh, where can listeners find you to learn more or, or, um, you know, speak to you about literacy in their classrooms? Yeah. So um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of the platforms. Um, and it's all under Grow With Beck in one word. So that's where you can find me there. We also have a Grow With Beck store on Teachers Pay Teachers. Um, and in addition to providing resources tour, uh, for teachers to use in their classroom, we also um, build individualized curriculum for schools. So we have a Reggio-inspired early literacy curriculum. We have some more traditional or um, like kind of themed curriculums. So if you're interested in really bulking up your game in the classroom, uh, we'd love to be a part of that too. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. This was such a fun episode to record. I truly love the idea that literacy can be functional in the classroom and can give children the ability to function within the world around them. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. If you could share this episode with your teacher friends, leave a review or just share the episode on Instagram and tag me at Shaping Little Minds Podcast. I would absolutely love to connect with you. Keep learning growing, and becoming your best teacher self. I am so proud of you. See you next time, teachers.